Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Dark to Light podcast with Beans. Frank will be joining us again on Friday. I think we'll have a special guest on Friday, too. I have a lot of stuff to talk about today, as per usual. Um, And truthfully, I'm not sure how I want to structure everything, but I think I'm going to start here. Uh, Where are we? We're going to talk about the elections that we lost yesterday at the end of the show. But I think I want to start here. The spy game has been exposed. Brand new details about how Obama's CIA targeted Trump and started the entire Russia hoax. For years, we were told that tips from an Australian diplomat tipped off the FBI after a random conversation with Papadopoulos, a no-name 20-something. But according to new reporting by Michael Schellenberger and Matt Taibbi, the whole thing was a CIA setup. Former CIA director John Brennan identified 26 Trump associates to be targeted by the Five Eyes Intelligence Alliance. And then those interactions were the targets and were targeted by the FBI as suspicious. And that's how the FBI launched the Russia collusion hoax. The details of this entire operation have been stored in a top secret binder in a secret room in Washington. Trump ordered the whole thing declassified. And now the rumor is that the binder might be missing. Joining me now, one of the reporters who broke the story, Michael Schellenberger. Michael, explain how this all started with the CIA picking these 26 Trump people. Yeah, good to be with you, Jesse. Well, obviously, this is an extremely serious story and serious allegation by multiple credible sources that Public and Racket, that's Matt Tybee's uh, publication, have spoken to. These are people that are close to the House intelligence investigation of how the Russia collusion hoax began. The story, as you mentioned, was that, oh, we were just informed by foreign intelligence about this. Our sources tell us a very different story, which is that This was initiated by the U.S. government. It came from within the U.S. government's intelligence community, including the CIA, that they asked the so-called Five Eyes Nations intelligence agencies, that's the other English-speaking nations, including Britain and Australia, to spy on 26 Trump associates, or at least they had a list of the 26 associates that were identified. This is new information. Some people have theorized about this and speculated about it. Uh, we feel very confident that our sources were in a position to know and are very credible in this report. And it's obviously a very serious allegation because this is illegal spying and it's illegal election interference. Okay, so you're reporting that the CIA got these allies to bump these 26 Trump associates, create interactions, and then call these interactions suspicious and let the FBI know they were suspicious. And that starts the whole thing. What about this binder that encapsulates this whole thing and no one knows where it is right now or Trump has it? What's that? Well, Jesse, we'll have a piece tomorrow that is specifically about the binder. But uh, as a friend of, uh, of the show and of yours on this, I'll say that there has been widespread speculation that this binder was the was the reason or a reason for the FBI raid of Mar-a-Lago. And we'll be discussing that tomorrow 
But obviously, if this binder contains what we have been told that it contains, which may include raw intelligence, information showing that the U.S. government, the CIA and the intelligence community of the U.S. government, initiated the Russia collusion hoax, that it did not occur in the way that the official story, including the Durham investigation, had portrayed it, then that's extremely serious information. And it may be if the FBI then went to go get it in order to continue the cover up of this information, that obviously adds an even more dramatic wrinkle to this. Again, we'll have more to say about it tomorrow, but this is a huge, huge story. I mean, I can't, I've been thinking about it in the history of the United States of America. Have we ever had something like this where the intelligence community was weaponized against a political candidate? And, weapon, and using our foreign allies to do it, I, I can't think of a more important or dramatic story. Yeah, and then going to great lengths by using FBI raids to cover it up. Okay. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, I think it's going to be wonderful to see the rest of the reporting that Michael Schellenberger and Matt Taibbi will bring to everyone. Um, I wanted to go back in time a little bit with everybody. Let's let's take a trip down memory lane. Memory lane. Um, independent journalism and the the power of the crowd, crowdsourced information. <laughs> it's always fun to sit back and you know watch when stuff like this happens because it 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 is um, it's a success. For almost 10 years now, I have been doing <clears throat> investigative journalism alongside, gosh, dozens of people, uh, anonymous and otherwise. Anonymous and otherwise. Um, and I want you guys to understand how absolutely powerful you are and how wonderful that is and how you should really just focus on that because without laying the groundwork for years and years and without you guys out there in the audience sharing the hell out of stuff on social media, telling your friends about it, um, without us all working together to find little tidbits. I mean, I crowdsourced volunteer team of, gosh, 20 to 30 people to literally go through every single inspector general report or official government report and create a timeline of events during this saga that we've been screaming about for seven years that absolutely tore our country apart and changed our political system forever. Um, seven years of my life dedicated to uncovering details about this story, interviewing people that nobody else would talk to, um, you know, digging through text messages that were released, raising enough uh, of a fire about it that it was covered by people with bigger microphones than any of us had um, watching that work that we did be used in those those places, not not often with credit, but just understanding like, OK, this is for the greater good. Um, I, for one, put a very stringent requirement on myself, which I will never, ever back down from that. I would never place information like this or any information at all behind a paywall. Behind a paywall. It was all free the entire time. And I would, you know, ask for a donation to keep us going, which I still do occasionally because it's needed desperately. Um, 
reading, you know, hundreds of pages of government documents that that nobody else has the time to read so that people could know that, you know, here's a summary of this. Here are the receipts. You guys are getting the truth here. And then that peppering out into the consciousness of everybody out there in the country who cares about this stuff and those people then sharing it with their friends. Um, It started for me this go round anyway, because I've been doing this for almost 25, almost half my adult life, almost half my life I've been doing this for. Um, We did, we have successfully made it okay to talk about so many things (laughs) without ever getting any recognition for it and that's fine um it, it really is at the end of the day I I struggled with this and I I you know humility is very important and I'm going to embrace that right now we all as a group all of us out there all of the listeners listening to this podcast made it not a conspiracy theory anymore to talk about Seth Rich I remember distinctly being mocked ridiculed and attacked for talking about Seth Rich I remember being mocked ridiculed and attacked for talking about Guccifer while all of you guys were out there sharing that story of Guccifer. I remember the same thing about talking about the Clinton Foundation and what happened in Haiti. Um, gosh, people way older than me were talking about Epstein way before I even had a voice on social media. Spygate. I started the release the memo hashtag on social media because we wanted that intelligence memo declassified way back in the beginning. Without the public outcry of all of you guys picking up the mantle, it never would have been because they need us out in the public. We did a space with Chip Roy and Thomas Massey the other night. And on the space, Thomas Massey said um, disobeying, civil disobedience of, of unconstitutional, almost like nullification, is so important to what they do that they need the public to make noise about something, to be able to, to to take action on it. You have power. All of you have power. What else? Oh, COVID. Goodness. I mean, Uncovered DC broke like five or six different blockbuster global stories on COVID. Nobody really remembers that we were the ones that broke them because that gets lost after, you know, a certain amount of time. People forget where they first saw it and then other journalists pick it up and use it. And it is just the way the world works but without all of you guys out there busting your ass to make sure that the truth was known to everybody this Fox News hit probably never would have happened there wouldn't have been cover for some random source at the hip seat to bring forward uh information about a binder if it wasn't already acceptable in the public square to talk about how a sitting president of the United States was spied upon by the intelligence community And a lot of us were talking about that in 2016, 2017. And there was a group of people, a large group of people doing a lot of hard work into that at great personal expense. Great personal expense. A lot of people that will remain nameless that will probably never get the recognition that they deserve. But that's okay. We're happy warriors, aren't we? I am. I'm a happy warrior. Um... This story, I've forgotten more about it than most people know. And there are a lot of my fellow uh, truth seekers out there who have done absolutely amazing work to make today possible. Um, I hope we eventually get all of the information about what happened during Russiagate, Spygate. But I do 
not lose sight of the fact that many of the people that will be talking about this in the coming days were mocking those of us who were making a big deal about it back then. First they mock first they mock you, what is the quote? Then you win, then they join you, then they then you win. So much information out there. So many, many sleepless nights working seven days a week, 18 hours a day. People who had full time jobs coming home and just diving right into this stuff and, and, and piecing through it of it all. Then, then there was COVID. Uh, the PCR test was was first published on Uncovered DC in April of 2020, written by journalist Celia Farber, who had worked with Carrie Mullis uh, during the AIDS epidemic. And had information on the PCR test that column was translated into eight different languages and used in hearings all over the world. That's where the PCR test not working first came out. It, I have not been able to identify an earlier piece. And if there is one, I would love to see it. The Catholics being targeted at, uh, at mass, at Latin mass. Broke on Uncovered DC. You'd never know. You guys shared the hell out of it. It caught fire. And other people took it and made it mainstream news. You would never know. You would never know that what we are doing, what you're doing, what you're doing by supporting us has enabled us to do the work to break the stories that have changed the world. And you guys are all responsible for that. And I could sit back and be upset and sad like I have been and frustrated that I've been overlooked and ignored by other people for so long in so many ways, so many times, and I've never said a word about it. Or I could look at the impact that all of us have had on this world and on the future by doing what we do, screaming truth from the rooftops, from the mountaintops, as loud as we can until somebody effing listens. So many stories, so much information over the past goodness knows how many years that without all of you would be lost in the dustbin of history. And then it would, you know, it wasn't okay for anybody to speak out about the shots until all of us made it okay. It wasn't okay to speak out about the lab leak theory. It wasn't okay to speak about the origins of, of when COVID got here first on shores of, a, of, a, of America without the hard work of volunteers who stepped forward to help me analyze, God, gigabytes of CDC data to, to get them into chart form so that every single person in the United States could then use that engine to see when the ILI ticked up in their state so they would know whether or not they had COVID in, in November of, uh, of 2019. I just worry because when you come into a story as, as tangled and as convoluted and as confusing as the Russiagate story was, without understanding the, the, the absolutely massive body of work done by so many people, normal citizens, reporters, um, you know, people who wrote for mainstream press organizations and people who didn't over this long of a period of time. You just don't, 
there's so much there that you really need to understand before you come forward with something. And I just pray that that is available now. The only thing, you know, that that kind of gets me about it all is that I guess this is just how it works. You know, people lose a lot in their fight for truth. I mean, there have been people who have screamed about something that they're saying is true and everyone's saying that they're they're crazy for years and years and years. And then all of a sudden, one day it happens to come out that it's true and people are like, wow, actually that person was right. Oh my gosh. And when I was deplatformed, censored, debanked, I didn't cry about it. I didn't go on whatever place I could go on and cry that I had been deplatformed, debanked, unable to accept donations using very, very common means like PayPal, kicked off Patreon, kicked off Venmo, unable to use financial services, kicked off of social media, kicked off of Facebook, kicked off of Twitter. So many of you have been kicked off of all those things, but I think that you can still probably use PayPal. <laughs> um if, if I didn't whine about that or complain about it, I just kept going. But those are sacrifices that a lot of people made in order for us to get to a place where all of the things that we're talking about in mainstream America right now um, are, are okay to talk about, are safe to talk about. And if you guys didn't do that, if you guys didn't do that work, if you didn't push and fight, if you didn't never, you, if, you, if you didn't continue to make it a point to get this stuff out there, to call your congressman, to call your congresswoman, to call your senators, to get involved. If you guys didn't do that, we would not be able to, if you didn't make the sacrifices, if you didn't lose your jobs saying no to the shot, it wouldn't be okay for people to come in, talk about it, get speaking engagements, get paid. It wouldn't be okay. It wouldn't be accepted. Still isn't accepted in a lot of places, but we don't give up. We keep going. You guys are the ones who made it okay. And I want everybody out there to realize that, that you are the ones who made it okay to talk about things that the establishment, the powers that be wanted so desperately to keep underneath the lid The pot boils. The water boils in the pot. They can't keep the lid down on it because of you. You guys did that. You guys were brave enough to go to church anyway. You guys were brave enough to tell your employer to stick it. You guys were brave enough to share articles that got you slandered as a Russian asset. You guys made funny memes about them. You guys wouldn't let it go. You guys did that. Don't stop and don't forget. You've all made sacrifices too. All of you. And we are winning the information war because of it. I am very uh, cautiously watching the reporting coming out from Matt Taibbi and Schellenberger. Um, personally, I am worried a little bit, but you never know. Um, things could be 
things could be really blockbuster. We'll see what the piece says today. I'll read it. Uh, Michael Schellenberger was kind enough to gift me a subscription to their Substack so that I would be able to follow this reporting because I immediately said, are you serious? <laughs> are you serious? Really? Um, you know, the funny thing, one of the things that I thought about was uh, a couple, the last CPAC I went to was, gosh, several years ago. And I always wondered, like, with the expertise that I had garnered over this story, this is, again, a story that I, f I spent seven years of my life covering. I mean, every last angle I could possibly cover um, personally. I'm just talking about me. There are a lot of other people out there that that did this work, too. Brian Cates, Jeff Carlson, um, Undercover Huber, if you remember him. We were all in a group together, Technofog, um, Hans and there's so many people that really got into the weeds on this story. I mean, you know, things that that nobody could have ever imagined we'd find, we found, um, was told personally that all of that work, that that crowdsourced investigative journalism that was done informed the Hipsy on their reporting, on their investigation, on things they should do. Lee Smith, for goodness sakes, Lee Smith, who may join the show on Friday. Um, I was never invited to speak on a panel about Spygate at CPAC. I was never invited to speak at CPAC at all. I've never been really invited to speak at any of these big conservative conferences that have been done um, despite spending 40, you know, an entire nine-hour day bopping back and forth on Media Row doing interviews about these very topics. And I, I always wondered why. Like, I always wondered, what is it about me? Am I terrible or something that, like, nobody wants to, you know, they'll take the work and, and, and share it out, but they, they're, like, afraid to have me actually be able to take a step. You know, there's no big Daily Wire contract for me. Uh, there's no, you know, speaking engagements where I go and I get paid, you know, 10 grand to fly across the guy. And I'm okay with that. I've done every single thing I've done organically from the very beginning and I'm happy to continue. But I always wondered why. Why? I think I'm getting close to figuring that out. I'm getting very close to figuring that out. Um, but keep it going. Reese. God bless you. That is overly generous. Like, overly generous. I'm going to end this little screed of the past 25 minutes <laughs> with a plea for you. There are a number of people who have started up Substacks, who have started up their own little, you know, way to get their information out to people, um, who have subscriber-only Twitter accounts or subscriber Twitter accounts and X accounts and all of this. Um, I'm going to reiterate what I've said from the beginning, and I'm never going to change. Information that is of value to society in the way that information like this is will never be placed behind a paywall. People have begged other people, marketing people, people that we've brought in to try and help us fundraise and uncover DC, etc., have begged me to put up a paywall. I refuse. I will go out of business before I will charge anybody to see information that is of national import or global import that will impact the way decision making is done so that we can we can 
have a world that we want to see to live in. I will never, ever do that. And I never have done that. Everything has always been free. I'm going to implore you to support truly independent journalism. There is no big, huge, massive donor coming in to fund the work we do at Uncover DC. We have had help along the way that has been graciously accepted. But it is powered by small donors every month who give us five bucks, ten bucks. That's the only way we really make any income. And I, 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 I ask for help occasionally, not very often, because I am kind of shy to do that. It's just not how I am. But I want to implore you guys out there to please continue supporting independent journalism like you find it on CoverDC.com, like you find on Substack from some of your friends out there, like you'll see. Um, if you find it valuable and it, it helps you in your quest for truth and knowledge, please support independent journalism. It is so important. If you want to support Uncover DC as we trudge forward through this hellscape, trying to bring information to people that everyone else is too chicken shit to publish, <laughs> please go to UncoverDC.com and click on the support us link. Uh, support, it's right here. There's several different options for you. We can't survive without you. We don't have what these guys have. We never have. We, we may never in the future. All we have is you. And it is so critically important that we continue to have that support or we won't exist anymore. And then there won't be the foundation for others to come after us and do the hard work. So God bless you guys. And um, I love you. We're going to move on. I have a bunch of stuff today. Um, this has been puzzling me, guys. I've seen dozens of posts like this of people sitting on empty planes. Have you seen this? Has anybody seen this? Like literally empty planes, people just sitting there on empty planes. Look, Phoenix to Atlanta didn't get to didn't get to first, but it's fairly empty. No one's in my row. There's um, this one here. Oops, not that one. There's this one here. People laying across seats, empty flight. I mean, random from all over the place. Very, Ameri very empty American Airlines flight from Dallas to London. This is after everybody's already boarded. You can see it's just it's completely this flight is empty. And then I saw this one that made it, it was, here's another one, empty flights. I mean, there's so many of them I'm seeing. Everybody here on this flight with an empty seat next to them is seated in the aisle and not by the window. I mean, so many of them. And then I saw this yesterday. This was interesting, but it's the only one I've seen like this. The flight was empty and then a bunch of what looked like migrants got, got on board. And filled it up. 51E is right here. I have not been on an empty flight in like a decade. And so, you know, there's somebody in our audience who's very um, in with the airline industry for reasons who said, oh, it's just it's a slow time economically. No, I don't think that's it. I don't think that's it. 
It's very strange. It's just something that I wanted to point out to everybody that they can keep an eye on it. Um, we published a piece yesterday from Wendy Mahoney, another one of our independent investigative journalist friends who donates all of her time to Uncover DC because we can't salary her because we don't have the funds. Wink and a nod. Um, God bless her. She is working with a number, another one of our independent journalist friends, Brianna Morello, on this story. The Department of uh, the VA is stripping benefits from J6 defendants before they go to trial. Before they go to trial. And that's against policy. It appears the Department of Veterans Affairs is targeting some J6 defendants by allegedly reducing or removing their benefits, in some cases pre-trial, which is against department stated policy. Three J6 defendants brought their allegations to investigative journalist Brianna Morello, who then submitted FOIA requests in December of 2023 on behalf of them. They are J.D. Rivera, Hector Santos, and Keith Kenneth Harrelson. Their VA benefits are being taken from them before they even stand trial. And the letters included here. And then Brianna would call and they'd be like, oops, that's a mistake and fix it. So I'm going to put this in the show notes. Wendy goes through every one of these gentlemen and what's going on with them in a very detailed fashion as per usual on Uncover DC. So I'm going to share that with everybody in the show notes, which will be below the video and below the show on podcast platforms. Um... We, we had a very bad day yesterday, election-wise, guys. We lost our seat that they expelled Santos from to a Democrat named Tom Swazi. I actually remember Tom Swazi because he used to be at all of the American Legion events that my grandfather used to do on Long Island because he was the mayor of Glen Cove, and then he was the county commissioner for Nassau County, and then he became a congressman. Um and then now he's a, a House representative. Uh, he won over the Republican. And the thing that bothers me about it is it's like, oh, well, um, Donald Trump said basically she isn't MAGA enough. So people stayed home. Guys, so you'd rather have a Democrat? Like, what are we even doing? What are we even doing? I think Lee Zeldin won that district by 10. George Santos won it by 11. Granted, Everything he campaigned on was incorrect. However, this was a now Republican district that we have just lost to a Democrat. And the reason that is being given is because MAGA won't vote for anybody who doesn't endorse President Trump. Um, we need to do better. We need to do more work vetting these candidates for ourselves. It's, it's not okay. We're going to lose so badly all over the country if that mindset keeps up, it's just, it's not going to, oh, if they don't, if they don't, that's just, I can't, it's, we need to do better. Like, we also lost the Pennsylvania house to Democrats. So much winning. I just can't. We need to do better. We need to do so much better. We need to do better quickly. November is coming up before we know it. You know, we can't be in a um, purity test mindset for whether or not somebody supports Donald Trump enough 
to determine whether or not they get votes for their election. Like, do your research on a candidate, figure out whether or not they're conservative enough for your liking or whether or not they have an opportunity to win or whether or not the Democrat is worse than them and then decide how you'll vote based on that. I would not use this purity test as some sort of a measure on how you go to the polls. It's, it's, it's just something we have to do if we want to save this country. We can't, we can't be in that mindset right now. It's just too serious. Especially when we've got senators passing $95 billion spending bills for other countries while our, our border is wide open and people are just traipsing through like it's nobody's business. Oh, although we did this. We did this finally. For the first time in close to 150 years, a sitting cabinet secretary has been impeached by the House of Representatives. It was a close vote, 214 to 213. And it comes just one week after House Republicans failed to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas. Is adopted. Tonight, just one week after House Republicans failed attempt to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, round two. This time, they have the votes, accusing the Biden cabinet official of unlawfully allowing millions of migrants to cross the border, which Mayorkas denies. What he's done is violated the statutes. He hadn't enforced what uh, uh, the laws of the land. All as there's a new showdown tonight over aid to Ukraine. After the Senate muscled through a massive bipartisan $95 billion spending package in the early morning hours, including $60 billion for Ukraine. President Biden demanding the House pass it immediately. Yeah, well, no. This is what I'm saying about civil civil outcry, guys. The whole theory of the show, the power of you, the power of you. No, we had that space. I really implore everybody to go listen to it. It's on Reese has it. Reese. um, Reasonable on Twitter. Uh, or an X will have the space. I really want you guys to go. I asked a question about FISA. Um, I asked Chip Roy and Thomas Massey about why in the hell FISA, the centerpiece of all of this. You know, remember, they went out and illegally got a warrant on Carter Page and then they had their two hop rule. They could have spied on anybody in the Trump orbit with that. So just keep that in mind as we move forward. They got an illegal FISA warrant. Why would they need to get an illegal FISA warrant if they had all this information coming in from Five Eyes? It's just a lot of questions. Um, They got the illegal FISA on Carter Page, which allows them to hops. They are surveilling American citizens all over under Section 702. Mike Rogers brought that up way early on, very, very early on in this whole thing, 702. If it weren't for him blowing the whistle on 702 and what they were doing with querying the database, we wouldn't have gotten anywhere near where we would have gotten. It was a great thread to start pulling. But this happened way back in the 2000s when we were originally screaming about the Patriot Act. Again, I bring you back. A lot of people think I just all of a sudden popped up one day. I have tenure. I have decades of tenure at this point. I understand all of this stuff and I know what happened and the history that got us here. So I asked, why are these congressmen going and voting to reapprove FISA? when they know that it's being abused and it's openly admitted it's being abused to spy on American citizens? I mean, how many investigations do there have to be? Do we have a First Amendment or not? 
Do we have a constitution or not? If these guys are codifying into law anti-constitutional legislation and then reapproving it every time it comes up with no, without fail. I mean, without question, it needs to be disbanded completely. Well, what he, what he said was that they'll take these guys into a skiff and show them a whole bunch of intelligence, say, if you take this away from us, we won't be able to catch this bad guy and then scare the living daylights out of them into thinking that if they don't reapprove this thing, it's on their back when there's some kind of horrible terror attack or something. Do we have a constitution or not? Do we have rights bestowed to us by God or not in this country or not? It's very simple. These people are not held accountable for anything. Pass it right away. This guy can't even get a sentence out. He's got a freaking mush for brains. Failure to support Ukraine at this critical moment will never be forgotten. Biden slamming these comments. I'm stopping this real quick because I want to bring this up to show you what what these people think about you. Here we go. This is what your representatives, and I want to make sure you guys don't get this twisted because I think we've forgotten. We're not electing kings and queens. We do not kneel at the feet of politicians. They work for us. They're representing our interests, not the other way around. They aren't celebrities to be deified. They aren't. They aren't. They're public servants. They serve you. They serve at your pleasure, not the other way around. Remember this. Remember they serve at your pleasure, not the other way around. We do not loyally worship politicians. None of them, any of them. Do you, Our base, says Tillis, our base cannot possibly know what's at stake at the level that any well-briefed U.S. senator should know about what's at stake. Are you serious? Okay, plebs. I like F you. Dude, our base can't know what we know. Screw you. No, that's our tax dollars, okay? This is our tax dollars where all while our country falls to crap. And you're telling us you can't know what we know. Screw you. We don't want our tax dollars being spent like this. We want to fix our own homeland. We want to fix our country. We want our border closed. We want to stop uh, funding all these entitlement programs. We want to... You can't know what we know. You're not good enough. Some people around here, if they're really being driven just by the perceptions of their base, they should grow a spine and explain if they think it's a tough vote. It's not a tough vote for me. For the ones who think it is, look at the consequences of us not getting it done. What are the consequences? A continued open border, people flowing across here, uh, losing energy. I mean, the list goes on. Mr. Tillis, you serve at the pleasure of your constituents. Not the other way around, Mr. Tillis. You serve at the pleasure of your constituents. They are the people that put you there. They are your boss. They pay your salary. They're not to be talked down to as though they are some sort of, of uh, you know, plebe on the street, some peasant that you just ask for them to bow at your feet, worshiping the knowledge you have that no one else does. That is not how it works. And it's high time that we remember that. The power of you is the title of the show today. Remember your power. Stop giving it away to people like this. Make him explain it to you. Make him show you. 
Enough of this. Oh, it's classified. It's classified. Enough. Demand to be shown the information that would allow you to change your mind on $95 billion in U.S. money going to other countries before we take care of our own here at home. While the VA strips people of their medical care pre-criminal pre-criminal pre conviction for crimes that shouldn't even be crimes. Exercising those very same rights that Tom Tillis is supposed to be upholding for you. Granted to us by God, not man. God. Enshrined in a document that our founders created to make sure that no government could ever do what Tom Tillis just did right here with his little flippant statement about how stupid all of us are out here, not understanding what the big boys understand in their ivory tower in Congress and the Senate. Seriously, man? Mm -mm. The power of you. The power of you. Take it back. Take it back. Take it the hell back. Unbelievable. Like, <laughs> I just read that and I was like, really? They think we're stupid at the end of the day. They do the same thing. Go listen to The Space with Roy and, uh, and Massey. Two amazing conservatives. I mean, just listen to it. You've got to listen to it. Um, I'm on another level today, guys. Just bear with me. I'm a little feisty. You got feisty beans this morning. What time is it? 9.15? Oh, let's move on. The bunny face comes out again. Bill Maher. Um, do I want to do that? Bear with me a second. Oh, let's do this real quick. Let's do this. Unjected. The dating service for the unvaccinated. The world's first platform for the unvaccinated. Find connection and community today. Why join Unjected? You're proud to be unvaccinated. Make connections with like-minded, health-conscious, mRNA-free humans. Unjected, Unjected is the world's first and largest COVID-19 unvaccinated platform since its creation in 2021 with members in over 90, 90 different countries. We believe in staying vigilant against long-term spike protein exposure. For our members most cognizant in staying unjected can choose to be verified and attest to their unvaccinated status, status by affidavit. Hey, do you want uh, spike-free babies? <laughs> join Unjected. If you want spike-free babies, join Unjected. I'm still, I'm still fuming over this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish this clip. I'm, I, I have to. I can't switch gears now. Let me finish this. It's from Trump, where he recounted a conversation with a NATO member encouraging Russia to attack countries who'd not met their financial pledges to the alliance. They said, "You didn't pay. You're delinquent. 
He said, yes, let's say that happened. No, I would not protect you. In fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. You got to pay. Can you imagine a former president of the United States saying that? The whole world heard it. The worst thing is he means it. And delivering this blistering rebuke. No other president in our history has ever bowed down to a Russian dictator. Okay, let, let's just stop for a second. I want to get to the foundations of all of this real quick. I'm just thinking through it. Just bear with me. It's coming out raw here. I'm just going to vomit words. You tell me if you agree with any of them. They're all claiming we have no idea. Let's just go back. We started the show with Spygate. Let's just go back. They want all of the American public who have been lied to for a decade almost about Russia. Russia hacked the election. No, they didn't. Russia interfered in the election. No, they didn't. <laughs> Russia, 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 Russia. They created, they, t- they did to Russia what the left did to the word racist and misogynist and me too. They did that with their media engine run by the intelligence community. They created this monster of everybody, the boy that cried wolf, basically, in very simple terms. We went through seven years of being lied to about all of this. Some of us early on, many of you out in the audience, were fighting against those lies, like we talked about in the beginning segment. Now our elected representatives that we put there want to look us in the eye and tell us we don't understand the threat of Russia. From a very basic observational standpoint, maybe the reason that a large majority don't know what you know about Russia is because for the past almost decade, you have lied to us about the things that Russia has done. And this is a new crop of people. I'll tell you, when I first started covering the WikiLeaks emails, the people that were paying attention to that reporting were for large part progressives. My audience was probably 60-40, maybe 50-50 at that point, very early on. When I first started covering the WikiLeaks emails in detail, I would take all a group of them, maybe 30 or 40 of them, go through them, explain all the history behind them, waking up a bunch of Democrat, progressive Democrats, the kindest people you'll ever meet, real progressive that are not evil, are the kindest. They care so much about humanity. They really are good people. I know that a lot of people are recoiling in the chat, but I'm telling you from experience, this is true. They're not, they're not progressive anymore because one of the, the cornerstones of what I did was to make sure I taught them as we went along why the policies that they had embraced as progressives were absolutely detrimental to the country and why they were, were, not, they, they were not plausible and they were a means of control rather than a means to freedom, which is what um, libertarianism, conservatism really is at the heart is individual freedom and liberty. When it's practiced properly, not like we've got today, this crap show that we're watching unfold before us. But they learned, they came along and learned and changed their perspective. They're newly politically, a lot of people who voted for the first time in 2016, ever, so many, are newly to the system. And then the first experience they have is being completely and blatantly lied to about everything and then slowly coming to realize that everything they knew was true was completely false. Everything that they believed to be true was completely false. So when you are shook like that, because I was back when I was in my early 20s, you will then believe literally anything and none of what people in this position tell you. 
it, this could be literally a, a psychological breakdown of what has happened. We, we, we could psychoanalyze just from a, a sociology standpoint what has happened to people over the course of the past 10 years in this awakening that's been going on. The problem is that in the beginning, when you first open up your eyes and you realize that literally everything you've ever known has been a lie, all the people that you trusted to tell you the truth have been lying to you their entire the entire time, you will literally believe anything. So why are people so stunned when we want to send 80, 90 billion dollars overseas? Because now they know Ukraine is a freaking corrupt hellhole where money laundering is like an everyday occurrence. That's more, we have already sent enough money over there to fund one of the departments of our own military for a year. Let alone, come on. You wonder, if we don't do this right now, we're all screwed. We're screwed right now. I'm good with keeping $95 billion of my money, okay? I'm good with my kids not having to live in a poverty-stricken hellhole because you are enriching yourselves overseas. The, the military-industrial complex is enriching themselves overseas. I'm good to have my kids not have to deal with that. I, I'm, re I'm good. I'll suffer the consequences of whatever may come. Because you've never told us the truth. You lie to us every single day. You've been lying to us for decades and decades and decades. And any time in the past when there's been a truth teller that has come up, you have shut them the hell up in one way or another. So I think that I'm ready to say no. We don't believe you. Should I even keep playing this? Gosh, how am I going to contain myself today? <laughs> I think I need a walk. I need a walk. I need to touch grass. Here we go. Well, let me say this as clearly as I can. I never will. For God's sake, it's dumb. It's shameful. It's dangerous. It's un-American. Many Republicans defending Mr. Trump. I'm 100% behind him and have been. He started this years ago when he even went over there to their face and said, listen, American taxpayers can't afford to keep paying your bills. Meanwhile, that package in the Senate also contained more than $14 billion for Israel, but it does not include any funding for domestic border security. After Republicans, with Trump's backing, killed a bipartisan border security bill, saying it was not tough enough. Okay, stop for a second. You see what happens when you're forced to separate spending bills out from one another. You see what we're able to see when that happens instead of these omnibuses. Years ago during COVID, I stopped and went through the CARES Act and I read almost the entire thing on a live stream step by step of the way. And I read the and I was like, why in the hell are we sending, you know, however many millions of dollars to some art center in D.C., the Kennedys? Why is that included? This is what happens when you're forced to put things on their own and have people actually look at them on their own. Mm. Back to the video. Tonight, House Speaker Mike Johnson saying that's the price for any new money for Ukraine. National security begins with border security. We have said that all along. Ryan Nobles, NBC News, Capitol Hill.
Thanks for watching. Stay Here's up. the problem. Even if they pass the border security bill, I still don't want this aid going over there. Sorry, not sorry. Even if they pass the border security bill, I still don't want this aid going over there. Because we're dealing with this. Here's the perfect time. Jillian Michaels. Here's the perfect time. This is how this has happened over time. Look at this. But isn't it amazing to you, like it was in the paper today about this country came out of the pandemic way better. Than, we just fuck. We won the pandemic economically. I mean, America. God, I don't feel that way. Explain it to me. I feel like inflation's um, insane. Number. Everything. Inflation is not insane. Bill. I, I, Go buy there, a car. There's, there's numbers. Oh, I understand. Oh, Things, yeah. But, oh, but, the but, cars, the houses, the eggs, the milk, the bread. Pfft. That's not inflation. I can't get a good, a good organic cage-free dozen of eggs for less than $12, guys. But that's not inflation. That's not from any of this. Just shh, be quiet. Go back to yoga class. But it has, has tripled here. Uh, <laughs> Look, I, I I get that people buy some fucking eggs. Uh, oh, there we go. <laughs> Explain okay, to me. But, but that, I, well, I'm not there, an there, economist, so feel, there's I'm just there's trying to feelings, and then there's feel, the numbers. Feelings okay, and the numbers. If I were still eating a standard American diet, my grocery bill will have tripled. How many of you guys can go out and get anything anymore for less than a hundred dollars? I went out. What did I buy the other day? I bought like six things. I was like sixty-eight bucks. Bill in your in your, another one in his ivory tower with his little Pellegrino water bottles over here. What are the numbers? The, the num well, the numbers have come down a lot in the last six months. Okay. Uh, it, of course, they were. It was inevitable when we gave out six trillion dollars so that everybody could hide under the bed from the forever flu. That was never going to end well. It was no, it was never going to end well, and it never should have happened. By the richest people ever, and didn't get where it A lot of it was stolen. It was. It was. We agree on that too. It was like, it, was there some response needed? Of course, you don't want the hospital. I have a good idea. How about we don't close down the entire economy and lock people in their homes? Huh. Wow. Wow. There's a. There's an idea. <laughs> How about we, oh my gosh. All right, I'm done. I can't, I'm finished for today. Thank you guys for staying. You have been listening to the Dark Delight Podcast with Beans. You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday streaming live on Rumble, Getter, and on X. If you would be so kind to consider supporting Uncovered DC so that we can continue to bring you investigative journalism that you can count on a lot of the times first at uncoverdc.com support. And um, we will be back on Friday, maybe with a special guest to join us to talk more about the Spygate story. We'll talk to you then. God bless you guys.